I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1. And if you know anything about Hebrews, it's account giving of the saints of God and what people saw. And right here in Hebrews chapter 1, in verse 1 through 3, says we shared the scripture last week. It says, long ago God spoke many times. And in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. So if you wanted a word from God, many times it's through a prophet. And now in these days, the final days, he has spoken to us through his son. His son is Jesus. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. You know, I was talking to someone the other day about, I think it was Mikey and I were talking about land. And, you know, around here, you know, it's like if someone gives you something as an inheritance, it's special to you. You know, like your papa might come and say, look, you can sell everything, but don't tear down the barn. So guess what? If that was his dying words, guess what? That means something to you. And God said this from the very beginning. Everything that you see in me belongs to my son. If you see my son, you see me. If you think you want to see the glory of God, follow the life of Jesus. Are you with me? And so God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. And I love this portion. It says, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. That's a, great, that's a great statement to underline. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he cleansed us from our sins, I love this. He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. You know, Jesus, that's a picture of God just, you know, it's the work is finished. So God, what God, God's saying is, Jesus Sat down. What do people do when they sit down? How many of you watched the LSU game last night and you were tormented? You know, what happens? There were certain plays. There was a couple of plays that, you know, that they had on there that, you know, it's like I was watching the game and, and you know, they had some, some, some different plays and you're going to be, well, they're going to show the replay. And, you know, and when they're doing the replay and it's against us, you're kind of going, oh, man, no. I hope it's the other guy. You're hoping all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And you're in anxiety, you're standing up, you're going, oh man, are we going to lose it? We're going to lose the Auburn. They can't even figure out who they are, the Tigers or the War Eagles. Are we going to lose them? And all of a sudden, you know what? After the play, well, during the game, it was fine. But after the game, when I watched ESPN and they were showing the replays, I could sit down. Because you know what? I knew the final outcome. And see, God knows the final outcome of your life and everything you're walking through. Now, he will stand up to welcome you in heaven. Is that good? But right now, God is not worried. The Bible says the birds of the field. If the God feeds the birds of the field, think about that. I've never seen a finch. I've never seen a duck or anything. Just worry. They're, they're rubbing their paw. You know, they're rubbing their, their legs and going, I hope God passes, passes a bug by me today. I hope I eat. There's no fear There's no worry. And that's what the Bible says. If I feed the birds of the air and I clothe the grass and the flowers of the field, what are you to do to worry? You see, I know this, that Jesus is the greatest miracle of all. Amen? He's the greatest miracle. He is the greatest sermon. His life. He is, he's power on display. Jesus is the fulfillment of all the great promises. You know, we're looking for promises. He's the fulfillment of every promise. And I love what John says. Here it is, John. John chapter 1, verse 14 through 18. So the word. We know who the word is. The word represents who? It it represents God. And in the Old Testament, it represented who he was. But if you look at that word, it's called logos. And what that really, that word logos in the New Testament means, not just who God is, but it's, it's God's 
personality. That's what it means in the New Testament. His personality, who he is. All of a sudden, God begins to display who he really is through the personality of his son. And it says this, became human and made his home among us. It means he pitched a tent to follow us. He said he was full. I love this. He wasn't just half. He wasn't thinking about it. He was full of unfailing love. Look at me. Some of you have had people tell you that they love you, but they didn't commit by their lifestyle or by their actions that they love you. God's saying this, I'm full of un, unfailing love. And look what he says, and faithfulness. Look at me. You know the only thing that God ever blesses in your life? Look at me. I'll tell you this. is faithfulness. It's the only thing he blesses. Faithfulness. I'm faithful to be in God's presence. I'm faithful to do what God tells me to do. I'm faithful to obey. I'm faithful, you know, as a wife. If you're faithful to, do, to love your children, to love your husband, to do the things that you know that are pleasing and honoring to them, God will bless you. Amen? And your husband better bless you too. If he doesn't call me, we'll talk. You know, just like your children, if they're faithful to them. And when you love to have children that always obeyed you, come on, parents. They did everything you said. They would come to you, oh, wise mother. Gracious, wise father. Thou knowest everything. Thou help me through it all. Can I just, just tell me what to do? And I will follow you to the fullest. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But I mean, you know, that doesn't always happen. Now, if it happens in your house, come see me. I need counseling. <laughs> but we know there are things that we face. But God's saying right here, he's with us. And look, let's go on. Let's go. He says, it's just, it's unfair. and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father. Father's one and only son. John testified about him when he shouted, to the crowds. This is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he, exi- for, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after, an- uh, after another. For the law was given through Moses. But, I love this, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is, is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. You know, in the Old Testament, the saints of God only experienced, you know, partial glory. We talked about that last week. We talked about as God passed in front of Moses, that when he left, it was the afterglow. It wasn't just his backside. It was the afterglow of the glory of God. And right here... He said, but when Jesus came to dwell among us so we could see his glory. See, the law was given. It was given at a quaking mountain. Remember Moses? How many of you seen the Ten Commandments? Cecil B. DeMille, Moses. We know, you know, laser. It was a funky laser show. You remember that? And I'll just burn into the rock. But we know that truth and grace was born in a quiet manger. You see, the law was written on tablets of stone, but grace and truth were wrought into, the, into a heart that was of love. 
See, when the law came down, it was written on that. But see, when the, when, when the law came down, we know that when Moses came down the mountain, the law came down, and all the people were doing their thing, and he threw the tablets. Remember, the, the earth opened up and swam. There was 3,000 people that died. But you know what? When grace showed up, when the power of the Spirit came, in the New Testament in Acts, 3,000 people were saved in one day. What a parallel. Law in Spirit. Law and the glory and the truth of God. You see, if Jesus is the glory of God, what does that mean for you tomorrow? See, my passion today is to preach to you, is to preach to your Monday. You can see, when you leave here today, this is Sunday. Come on. That old preacher, he came, you know, Friday. They done put my Lord in the grave. They, they crucified my Lord. They rolled the stone. They put it over him. That was Friday. But Sunday was coming. And see, some of us, we're living in Friday, hoping to get to Monday. Hello. And then you come to Sunday and you go, man, God better show up in my life. And I just want to tell you something. God wants to roll away the stone today. Come on. God wants to show you that he's a resurrected Savior. He knows your circumstances. He knows where you're at. And he just wants to reveal himself to you. Come on. And when he reveals himself to you, you can get to your Monday. Come on. Somebody you're already thinking about tomorrow. Oh, God, I got to do this. Hey, you know what? What if you go with God? Can I tell you something? You're packing, baby. What does that mean? You know, there's some places if you're packing, it means you got a weapon. All right? Okay, y'all too white up in here. I'll just be honest with you right now. Some of y'all need to be packing. Monday, somebody call you Monday morning, baby, what you going? You going to work? I'm packing, baby. What you packing? Packing the Lord. Packing power. Packing, saying no, not just to drugs, saying no to stupid. Saying, no, I'm no more doubt, no more shame, no more blame. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say no that much. I'm going to say yes to God. That means I have to say no a lot less because I'm saying yes to God no matter what. Yes, God, whatever you want. Yes, God, whatever you need me to do. Yes, God. See, there are two categories people are in in this world. You're either in Christ or you're not. Oh, but pastor, they got all these people telling you all these things. Let me just tell you, if you look at the Bible, it's written in black and white. And some red letters. And the red letters are the words that Jesus spoke. But I just want to say, if you have faith, see, if you have faith in Jesus that he is the Lord and the Savior of your life, and he took your punishment on the cross and he rose from the dead, then you're in Christ and you're not out. Say say this when we say, I'm in. Hey, you ever have some favor given to you and, and they call you and say, where you at? I'm in, baby. You in? You in the building? Oh, yeah, I'm in the building, man. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. I'm in. How many of you know it's not good to be out? How many of you ever been through a storm? How many of you want to stand outside during the storm? How many of you want to be inside when there's a storm? You, it's all about that. I'm in. I'm in. Have you ever get blessing, man, I'm hooked up. You hooked up? Yeah, I'm hooked up. Man, I got favor. I love what T.D. Jake says. that favor ain't fair. Favor just ain't fair. I got hooked up. Sometimes it's not just who you know. It's who you know before that person says something about you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Pastor, well, how did you get the governor to come here? How did you get to go eat lunch with the governor? Well, because there's a guy that we discipled many years ago that actually is one of the right-hand guys of the governor. Are you hearing me? You know, so how did you get him to come to the church? Well, just call him up. Hey, DJ, can you bring? Oh, man, I got it hooked up. He canceled a certain thing. One time he ended up in Eunice because the storm came, and we got blessed to have him in Eunice. We would just say it with me, hooked up. How many of you like favor? You know, it's, it's amazing when you're young and you're looking for a promotion or you're looking for something to go your way, and all of a sudden you don't even know why it happened, but it was like favor. It's just like people start speaking good about you. People start promoting you. And all of a sudden you go, man. And then you get to the big boss. And, you know, and he goes, man, you, you, you're in. You got it. Huh, I'm in? Uh, me? How many of you like, you were shocked. Come on. How many of you ever been shocked? So were we. But nothing's impossible with God. You see, if you have everything... You have every, let me just say, you have everything you need if you have Jesus. Colossians say, says this. This is what it says. Colossians 2, 9 through 10. For in Christ, for in Christ lives all, how much? How, how much? All. All. Say it with me. Say all. How many of you want to know what all means in the Greek? Thank you, Miss Jean. It means all. You want the deep Greek definition? It means everything. He says, all of the fullness of God in the human body. So you, circle that you in your Bible and your notes. That's you. That's you. That's me. You, are also, you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head of every ruler and authority. Everything you need and everything you're looking for is found completely in him. What are you looking for today? What do you need today? What are you facing today? You, all you need, come on, p- preach with me, Chico, this morning. I can hear him say, all you need is God. You know what you need? All you need is God in your circumstances. All you need is God to show up. All you need is God. What I can't do in myself, what you cannot do in yourself. How many tried to kick some habits in your life? How many tried to overcome some barriers or some issues that were in your trunk? Come on. And you couldn't do it. Or you faced psychological, spiritual things and you couldn't overcome. And people are going, well, that's running in the family. You know what? I, I don't believe in things running in the family. I believe there's family curses, but there's also God can X out the curse and give you a blessing. Amen? Just because one whole side of my family are mental cases, you've wondered about me, and they've had shock therapy, all that. I had shock therapy. It was with Jesus about 32 years ago. He came up, lit up my life, and died, Yeah! Something happened. Something sparked inside and go, that's what I've been looking for. It's not found in that. It's not found in this. It's not found in that. It's found in him. Somebody ought to get excited about Jesus. Complete means fulfilled, filled to the brim, satisfied. Come on, are you satisfied? I can't get no satisfaction you can't get satisfaction in the world you can't get satisfaction in yourself you cannot the rolling stones had it wrong you know all the old songs are coming back old school i'm not going to talk about that but listen 
Jesus is the full revelation. That means, listen, if he's going to be all you need, you need to get rooted in him. Remember a couple, months, a couple years ago, I preached a series, and I talked about, you know, flourishing. And the Bible says, if you are planted in the house of the Lord, the scripture says, you will flourish. See, what happens is there's a lot of people that come to church, and they don't want any authority in their life. They don't want anybody speaking to their life, but they come in like with a little pot plant. Come on. That's you. That tree represents you in that little pot plant, and you're going, Pastor, you better bless me because I'm part of the Bless Me Club, and I need some help today. But you know what? I'm putting my pot right here, and if I don't like what you say, I'm, me and the pot are walking out. Are you hearing me? And there's a lot of people coming with those potted plants. You you better preach good. You better let me beat everybody to the buffet too. The problem is some of you need to buffet yourself in the Lord, not buffet your body. But anyway. The Bible says if you are planted, come on, say it when you say planted. Planted in the house. That means you dig down and go, all right, God, here's all this stuff. I'm putting it down. Miss Jean, every day I drive by those oak trees that she planted years ago. Pastor, I'm going, I need some more. You growing some more right now? You, she's going to start anyway. All right. Yeah. She planted all those seedlings. And I thought, you know what? Those trees are going to grow. And as they grow, they're going to become mighty oaks. But it's like, kind of like our faith sometimes. We don't see the growth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But can I tell you something? You know, that when you drive out the drive, there's one of them that shot through. It's like growing four times more. See what you don't know? What you don't know about that plant right there, it's the same age as all of them. But that's where the barn used to be. And that's where all the poop started happening. <laughs> and because there was poop up in the ground, guess what happened? That tree's going, blah. And see, for some of us, we have the poop of life. What you, would you pastor preach on? The poop of life. Can I tell you something? It's all the junk that comes in your life. You go, oh, I got to face this. And I got to do this. Ah, ah. And you feel like everybody's dumped on you. Come on. Everything's gone, hadn't gone your way. Can I tell you something? God's saying it's a perfect place to get planted. I used to wonder, like my pastor, man, he'd always be dealing with the poop of people's lives. He's got more poop dished at him and everything else. And I look at, and a lot of the poop that he's walked through. Then I thought, but you know what? Because he's been willing to walk through and do the hard things, come on. There's been tremendous growth. You know, there's been times here in our church, and I've walked through some poo-poo. Let me tell you something. Seriously, and my wife goes, that's enough poop. Let's get out of town. And I've, there's a few times I go, I got the shovel, let's go. But can I tell you something? God's planted us here. The question is, can you plant yourself in the Lord? See, it's not where, let let me just say this. I am never going to talk anybody into coming to this church. I won't. I don't believe in that. But I believe you need to commit somewhere. You need to hear the voice of God. And you need to commit somewhere to what God tells you to go. And you don't leave there until God gives you a word. Amen. And I appreciate all those amens. Jesus is a one-stop shop. Jesus is the final and full source of everything I need and everything you need in life. Amen? He's the man. 
He is it. I love what he says. Do you remember the, remember the story of Jesus meeting the woman at the well? And this is what he says. I am he. I'm he. Said Jesus, you don't have to wait any longer or look any further. And she's going, remember a couple of verses before that, she's, he, she goes, you know, I, what do you come here for? So I'm coming to get some water. He says, I am the living water. In other words, he wasn't talking about the physical. He says, I'm everything you need. I'm here to hook you up. She goes, well, who are you married to? She goes, well, Lord, I've been like, I've had like five, six men. You know what I love about the Lord? He don't look at your past. Let me ask you something. What's the great thing about a baby? Come on, what's the great thing about a baby? Come on. I know mamas, oh, they're so soft. They're so cute. I have my little granddaughter. You know, my, my wife's like, oh, she's so beautiful. They all look like little skit squirrels when they're first born. Just be honest with you. And they go, they're beautiful. They look nice. And all that. They're soft. They smell good. They leave poo-poo. They, I mean, that's the part I didn't like. They get that green belly button when they do. They get that paste that comes out that you can't wipe off their booty for the first week. All that, you know what I'm talking about? All that stuff. They got all this stuff you're dealing with, and you're going, man, what's this all about? But you know what I love about babies? And what God wants us to know about babies is they don't have a past. They don't have a past to deal with. And that's what the Bible says. You know what? When we come to God, there's a new birth. You've been born again. And the glory of God, the greatest incredible thing about when you have God and he's everything you have, you start it all over. You become a baby in Christ, a babe in Christ. That means God's saying, forget the past. I got something better for you, man. Quit, don't let all that stuff from the past be messing with you anymore. That's the past. God says, I have a new beginning. That's the old life. Let me give you the new life. How many of you like enjoying the new life? Listen, if you're still living by your old life, I love what my wife said. You know, some people just worship guilt. Ouch. Some people just, guilt is like an idol that they deal with. They go back to that idol and worship that idol of guilt. They worship that idol of shame. Well, God's saying, look, let me, let me just, can I just bring newness and wholeness to your life? There's some things that happened to us aren't even our fault. There's some things that people did to us or people said or people responded a certain way and we responded. But can I tell you something? When you come to God, he makes you new. Somebody ought to get excited in the, in the house. Come on. I know the saints are, are going to play today. Nothing to get excited about. But the saints in heaven have already won. Amen? See, if you're careful, we can add Jesus plus something else equals maturity. It's Jesus. You see, the Bible reminds us that if we have Jesus, you have enough. See, whatever you face, whatever you face and whatever you might Come, whatever may come to your life, you go, can I say something? You go to the same source. No matter what comes your way, no matter what you face, you go right back to the same source that got you out of your circumstances before. Amen? 
Listen, if God saved me from my past, gave me a future, why do I need to go look for something else to give me what I need at that moment? Hello? But we do many times. We look to things. We look to people. And we begin to, we allow those to be the greatest influence in our life instead of going to God, the source. And God, you helped me before, and I know you're going to get me through this. And God, I know that, that you're more than enough. See, when, you, when your baby's sick, who do you go to? Come on, help me here. When your baby gets sick, who do you go to? When your marriage is falling apart, who do you go to? A counselor. Well, I'm saying that counselors aren't bad, but you go to Jesus. When your health is bad, when your job's kind of on borderline, when your children are messing, when you have life issues, it's financial issues, you go to Jesus. See, if Jesus is not God, he's not enough. If he's not God, but if he is God, then he is more than enough. He's more. We are, see, we are stressing over bills, our marriage, our job. We get, when we get to eternity, we think about all the ridiculous things that we put our minds through when we get to eternity. Come on. The Bible says he gives us a new mind. He's going to wipe away the tears. That means he's going to give you a new mind. Mind, you're not going to think like you think now. Think about that. How many of you like to have a new mind? Come on, three people. Lord, we need a lot of recreation up in the house right now. How many need a new mind? I need a new mind. That's where the Bible says put on the mind of Christ. That one day, no matter what happened back there, don't worry, it's all good. The bird hit the side of the building, whatever. I don't know what's going on, but it's all good. Don't know. The bottom line is for all of us is that God is going to renew our See, right now, while we're here on the faces, we can allow God to renew our mind. He wants to renew our mind. Okay, okay here you go. That's I was wondering what the All right. Anyway, we're stressing. See, Romans, I love what it says. Let me go here. It says, Romans, are y'all with me this morning? Am I in the right church? This is not the funeral parlor this morning, is it? For the sin of this, of this one man, Adam, ceased death to rule over many. And I think about Adam. We know that Adam's failure condemned and enter, it, condemnation entered the entire world because of Adam. And let me give you an example. See, it's kind of like our president. I'm not picking on our president right now. But if we have a president that goes in there and makes any kind of decision that doesn't go through counsel or anything, I'm not talking about anything. In, I'm just saying just if we had a president, okay, are you hearing me? If we had a president went in there and all of a sudden there was an opportunity where he had to press the bomb, have a nuclear, we, we were getting, a, we was falsely told that he was getting an attack, we were being attacked, and he just said, hey, well, let's press the button. We know it goes through all the computers, it goes through all the things, all the mechanisms, and we shoot the bomb and we realize it was a mistake. Because the president did it, that represents the whole entire nation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when Adam brought failure, it represents, Entire mankind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so what happens is, he says, Adam caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful 
grace. I love that. And his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Triumph means you are above and not beneath. What does that mean? Let me see. Come here, Samuel. See how well he's been listening at home. Lay down on the floor. On your stomach, okay? I don't do this to all children, but I love Samuel. So I'm not doing this to embarrass him, but I'm using this to be an example so you can all see. And Samuel is a wonderful child. He's an only child. That's why he's really wonderful. (laughs) And see... What happens is if you came and you were victorious over your enemy and separate, Samuel represents my enemy. He's not my enemy. He's my friend in real life. But let's just make believe, all right? He's the enemy. And what happens is when you would triumph over your enemies, Samuel, I'm going to wipe my foot real good. You would put your foot on their neck. And you would proclaim Victory. Come on, Samuel. Give everybody, give everybody a hand for Samuel. Thank you, Samuel. In other words, it's saying, greater is he than he that's laying on the ground. I've got victory. They would literally come and they would literally put their, their feet on the neck of the enemy and say, you know what? I'm an overcomer. I'm walking in triumph. I, he's beneath me. I'm above him. Some of you are underneath discouragement. Some of you are underneath sin. Some of you are underneath condemnation. Some of you are underneath financial burden. You're living under when God has called you to live over. Come on. We just allow things to get to us, and we allow those things to hamper us and to cloud our minds and cloud our eyesight. My wife, was. it was funny the other day. She goes, you know She's talking to me about some things about, we're talking about health issues and stuff. She goes, you know what, baby? My eyes are getting bad. My eyes are getting bad. And she was telling me, I'm really concerned about my eyes. And well, we need to get you checked out and all this stuff. And then, <laughs> So she's studying when she's reading her Bible and doing some, getting ready for the women's Bible study. And she had like these glasses. And she bought them for like $2. She, everything's foggy. That she keeps everything foggy. It's blurry. When she went and got her prescription glass, she realized those cheap glasses don't give you the right eyesight. Makes everything. But she thought her health or something was in her hormones or you know what I mean. You don't argue with a woman who got hormones. But anyway, <laughs> and see what happens is a lot of times we try to put things on that we, God's told us not to put on and our eyesight isn't really clear anymore and we don't go the right direction and we can't see. Amen? You see, the, the access to a triumphal life is recognized that Jesus is all I need. Say it me. Say, Jesus is all I need. Look at your neighbor and tell him this. Preach to him a little bit. Say, Jesus is all you need. Come on. Now look to the other neighbor you didn't want to look at and you didn't want to preach to and say, Jesus is all you need. He's all you need. He is all you need. I want to close today with what I believe something God wants to say to you. And and, and it's in Ephesians. And I believe that God wants to speak this to you this morning. You want a word from God? Here it is. Ephesians 3, verse 14 through 19. When I think Of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. 
the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots, there you go, there's your roots. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love, his, uh, deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Many of us, many of you are restless this morning. We think we should be doing more and working harder sometimes. You ever feel that way? You know, that, that, that syndrome where you have that restless leg thing? It's like, I always think your leg wants to take off, but your body wants to sit in the easy chair. I don't know. But people are just Restless. You know, I know my wife is a worker. I mean, my wife can work around. I mean, Miss Francis, how many of you know Miss Trina and Miss Francis? Come on. Miss Francis Schneider, look, that woman can work. She may, she's, what, 80-something? She can work. She's not here this morning. She can work. My wife, when she's bored, she works. I'm like, hey, baby, give me the chips. I'm working. Baby, give me. And she brings me stuff, and she's nice to me. And then she'll look at me sometimes and go, you need to be working. She's a worker. And I look around here. There are people around here. You are workers. You work hard. But God's saying, you can't do it in your own sweat. You can't do it in your own sweat. Stop your searching. Stop your wondering. And here's what I was going to say. Just come to Jesus. He's all that you need. He's all. He's everything you need. How many believe that? He's everything you need. You know, when I think about that, I, I just think about, you know, he is everything you need. I'm going to take this thing off. It bothers me. You don't mind if I just lose the wire? That's okay. I'm breaking parts here. No, I didn't break it. You broke it. I'm blaming it on you. No. No. I broke it. Pastor Bubba, I mean, where do we go from here? Remember what I shared is it's not that we need more miracles. It's not that we need people falling out and they get the free songs and the Holy Spirit. Those are all good. I believe in all that. But we just need Jesus to show up in our community and allow the glory of God to shine and change lives. And what God wants to do with you this morning is just shine his light. It's like if I went around here and I turned all the lights out, don't do it. It'd be dark. But when God comes into your life, it's like flicking on the light in the room. And everything that was dark and that you couldn't see is revealed. I think about, was it Jacob? Yeah, I think, man, they must have had a party the night before because instead of getting, 
Rachel, the one he wanted, he got Leah. You remember that? Remember that story? I'm thinking, I used to think, what the heck, man? He allowed hormones to overtake him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Instead of revealing what was under the veil. And sometimes we want all these things to happen in our lives, but we don't look under and go, you know what? God, you're all I need. When you get a good look at him, one of my sons, I mean, we're talking, we're having a discussion, and he goes, Dad, I'm going to free. He goes, I just want to be half the man you are. And I stop. He goes, half the man? You stop right there, boy. I never want you to be half the man I am. I've been after him. You know what I mean? I never, I want you to be twice the man I am. Every parent's desire is that you don't become half or you become like. You surpass me. Come on. And Father God is here and he's saying, quit looking in the dark. Quit looking for things and find Jesus. See, when I was looking for everything else before I met him, I looked for this, I looked for that, I looked for this, I smoked that, I snorted that, I did this, I hung out with them and thought that that would bring fulfillment. Or they became, I became, you know, I, I had friends, I had my posse. All that didn't bring fulfillment. But when I came to that place of having everything that the world says you got to have, come to that place, I had to come to a place of brokenness. I had to come to a place of humility and say, God, Just like I am. I'm not cleaned up. I was messed up. And you say, I I resemble that, Pastor Bubba. I was messed up. You know the thing I love about God? When you walk in his presence, you walk in one way, but you walk out a different way. The thing I love about Jacob, when he saw God and he wrestled with the angel, he walked out limping. My spiritual grandfather told me, he said, never trust a man that ain't got a limp, son. You know what that means? They don't have an experience with God. You need an experience with God. I looked at my son one day and said, you know what you're lacking? You need an experience with God. You need that. All of us need that. Amen? Then we need an experience with God. Just right where you're at this morning, I just want to lift you, you know, lift your hands. I just want to pray a prayer over you. Then I want to share something with you. And I just want God to touch you this morning. Can I, can I just pray that way? And you in faith. Faith means this. I trust you no matter what. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, with everyone that hears my voice this morning, it's not me. It's not the length of my prayers. It's not how loud I pray or how long I pray. It's whether or not we receive in faith what you're wanting to speak to us. Lord, I believe that during this message, you spoke many things to people, but I pray they would take that one truth that you spoke to them, that you brought revelation, that you opened their eyes. God, thank you for your truth. It brings correction in our lives and it gives us the direction we need to walk in. And I pray this morning, Father, if you want to correct us, if you want to readjust our way we're walking and what we're doing, do that. Do that right now in our hearts. We want to love you. Lord, we want to honor you. And Lord, for those that are struggling, that don't know you, I pray this morning, they say, God, I want you because you're what I'm looking for. And that you would come down and you would reveal yourself. Come right now and be all 
that everyone needs here this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Look at me. I want to tell you this. Just say this. I receive all that God has for me. You do? If you do, let me just give you a warning. He's coming. He's going to show up in your life. and He's going to help you. 